Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes Podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen. That is Mr. Tyler Guthrie. How we doing today? I'm tired as f- dude. <laughs> same, same. Not going to lie. It's Daytona week. It's speed week. This is basically a national holiday, at least for me. I don't know about for you, but Daytona 500 is basically a national holiday for me. Well, today it's Thursday, so there's no national holiday today. But we're closing in on it, and we're getting into the festivities surrounding it, and I'm excited. No matter how bad the 500 turns out to be because the Super Speedway package sucks right now, it's still the Daytona 500. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about this week. I'm actually more excited for every series other than Cup. I will try to watch the ARCA race. I'll be off for it. Oh, wow. You Actually, know, I'm off the whole weekend. Every time you say you'll try to watch something, you still don't watch it, though. So I'm not putting any stock in that just yet. New Year, probably same me. Probably, yeah. I believe that. And looking at some of your predictions for this weekend, yeah, I totally believe that. Hey, you know, if it doesn't work, keep trying it until it does. <laughs> like John Roberts on NASCAR race day back in the day, picking Greg Biffle every week and oh made up God. the chance. Stick with the Biff. Stick with the Biff. That's not. <laughs> it's not it. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, Biffle did win, though, so he was eventually right. Yeah, my luck, I would stick with somebody for a year and a half and then not pick them the next week and they'd win. I mean, we're seeing that play out right now, so... Yeah, sorry, Christian Eckes, you're not winning this week, apparently. (laughs) Hopefully Christian's not watching this week. Um, So, lots happening this weekend. All four NASCAR series in action. Cup, Xfinity, Trucks, and ARCA. Still not into uh, Tyler's time of year yet with IndyCar and F1. I think still has a couple weeks before they start. So it's all NASCAR all weekend from Daytona. I'm excited. Let's jump right into it. Uh, Talk about the ARCA race coming up this weekend. Uh, There are 50 entries on this entry list. That is a lot of entries for ARCA at Daytona. Yeah, just for three quarters of them to wreck. <laughs> I don't know about three quarters of them to wreck, but three quarters of them to not be in contention for the win at the end, uh, sure. Um, well, three quarters to not be in contention for the win at the beginning. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Um, the, they will probably be lucky to have five cars in a lead draft at the end, unless all the really fast cars wreck like they did last year. And then we might have something interesting at the end. Yeah, that was kind of crazy last year. But I guess this year, there's not really anybody that's standing out to me as a clear favorite. Not even like a group of cars that are a clear favorite to win. No, I mean, even you look at the Venturini cars this year, and nobody even stands out to me from the Venturini cars as somebody that I'm I'm looking at going, yes, they are a clear-cut favorite for this win like jesse love you could have looked at him last year and gone yeah he's gonna have the speed he's gonna be the favorite now of course he wasn't in contention by the end of the race so he didn't win this race last year but you could look at him on the entry list and go yeah jesse love is clearly the favorite now yeah there are some guys on this list andres perez de lara lavar scott uh who ran well last year lavar scott actually ran really well in this race last year 
for being somebody who'd never been on a big track in his life yet when he was in this race, and he led laps last year. So LeVar Scott, I think, is somebody that definitely needs some attention in this race. Of course, his teammate Andres Perez de Lara definitely should be looked at. And then Venturini is bringing five cars in this race. But as I said, none of them stand out as somebody that I'm like, yeah, that's somebody that will clearly be in contention to win this race. Now, they've got some guys and girls with speed. I'm just not sure anybody stands out above the rest. They've got Chris Wright running full-time in the 15 this year. Be interesting to see what happens there all season. Um, Jake Finch is in the 20. I don't think he's running a full season. I don't think he's old enough to run a full season yet. Uh, well, no, he'd have to be if he's running Daytona. So maybe he is running a full season, and I missed that. Um, but Jake Finch is in the 20. I I feel like Jake Finch has the most ceiling in terms of his potential talent. Um, I don't know that he's there yet, though, and that's why I don't look at him necessarily as a clear-cut favorite here. But Jake Finch definitely, I think, is a dark horse in that 20 car and somebody to really look at. Amber Balkan, finally getting a full-time shot in a quality ride in the 22 for Venturini. That's somebody I think we need to keep an eye on this season, as well as Tony Bridinger full-time in the 25. Tony did a lot better last year in her limited starts, was starting to turn the corner, was starting to have some speed. And now that we don't really have a Jesse Love in the field this year, she might be able to do some stuff this year. That being said, between Balkan and Bridinger, I feel like if one of them is going to win this year, I feel like Balkan has the better chance at it. From day one, I have been impressed by Amber Balkan. And everybody wants to say, we talked about this last week, everybody wants to say, oh, she did terrible in the 30 car, Red Jones Racing, she has no talent, she's just another token female in this series, blah, blah, blah. She outperformed where that car should be almost every single week. Find me somebody that is fast in that car. Exactly. Frankie Munez wasn't fast in that car, and he showed as well that he had the talent. So I put no, I put zero stock in what she did at Rhett Jones, besides the fact that I really believe she outperformed where that car should be when she wasn't getting involved in someone else's wreck. Did she have a couple wrecks that were her fault? Absolutely. But the majority of the time when she was being wrecked, it wasn't her fault. And everybody's going to say, well, she shouldn't have been back there in the back in the pack in the first place where she could have gotten caught up in a wreck. Where do you want her to be last? Because she's not going to be leading in that 30 car. That's not going to happen. Not when you're out here with Venturini and Rev Racing and all these other powerhouses that are in this series. You're not going to be leading on a consistent basis or hardly at all in that 30 car, no matter who you are. So I put no stock whatsoever in the results she had in that 30 car, but I have a lot of faith in her and I really would like to see what she can do now that she's in a full-time ride in a quality ride. Um, that's something that I think we really need to keep an eye on this year, her and Tony, uh, because I think 
both of them might have somewhat breakout years this year. Yeah, and it'll be nice to see what all those cars can do without a Jesse Love in there. Because, I, I mean, Jesse is obviously the best driver in ARCA last year. Um, but without somebody winning by multiple seconds every race, you'll be able to see a lot more of the racecraft and strategy from some of these people. Absolutely. Uh, I 100% agree. Um now, I would be worried that the rev cars might turn into that Jesse Love role this year because uh, LeVar Scott was fast last year, and so was Andres Perez de Lara. I felt like LeVar Scott actually might have been slightly better last year in his limited starts than his teammate uh, Andres Perez de Lara. Um, but again, he had limited starts, so that's that's really hard to judge by, but I think... I think from what I saw last year, LeVar Scott might have been a little bit better, but they weren't far off of Jesse Love last year. They weren't far off of the 20 or the 18. They were couldn't quite keep up with them. But um, now that Jesse's gone, we're still going to have Sammy Smith around um, in the races. He's old enough. So uh, it, Sammy Smith is probably not Sammy Smith, uh, William Swalich. Um so William Swallow say Sammy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, William Swallow is probably going to win the majority of the races. Um, he's got a year of experience under his belt in these cars. He's still in arguably the fastest car in the field in the 18 when he is making his starts. So Wallach is probably going to win most of the races this year. But the races that I look at to be a little more competitive and a little more exciting are going to be the big tracks and the races that Swalich is not in, uh, because you're gonna have you're gonna be able to see more from Perez de Lara, Scott, uh, Jake Finch, Amber Balkin, Tony Bridinger, some of these guys that um, can't keep up with the 18 on raw speed. Uh, you're gonna see more from them in these races that Swalich is not in, like this race in Daytona. So Swalich isn't in the full season, so is he eligible for full season points? Yes, you don't declare series in ARCA. So he will be running, he'll get points in any series he competes in on, on the ARCA platform. So he'll be running for the East Championship, but he'll also get main ARCA points in any main ARCA race he's in, as well as West points. Um, if he's in any West races, I'm sure he'll be at Phoenix. So he'll get West points from that. I don't know if he'll run any more West races than that, but, um, yeah, you don't declare a series in Arca, so he'll get points no matter what series he's racing in. Okay. So but even if he's by far the fastest in Arca Maine, when he is there, probably not a realistic chance that he's going for a championship. I wouldn't think so. There's enough races that he's not going to be old enough to run that I don't think think it's going to be possible now i don't know it'd be interesting to see the math on that because let's say he won every race that he entered this year in arca obviously it would depend on how well the next best person did in every race this season how many points they had but hypothetically maybe it might be possible because there's not that many 
big races he wouldn't be in. Let's see. Let's let's assume it would be like Daytona, Talladega, Michigan. Uh, it's a little more than that. Let's assume that he's not going to be 18 before the end of the year, which I don't think is true. I think he turns 18 at some point this year, but I can't remember what his birthday is. Um, the races he would not be old enough to run would be Daytona, Talladega, Kansas, Charlotte, uh, Michigan. Oh, so it's mile and a half, too. Kansas, yes. Pocono used to be 17, so you could be 17 to run at Pocono, but Pocono's not on the schedule this year. What? You could run at Pocono, but not Charlotte? Yeah, right? Wow. Okay. Uh, so that's six races that if he's not 18 by the end of the season, he would miss six races. That's not a lot of races. So hypothetically, if he won even the majority of the races that he's in, he actually might still contend for the championship. I'm not sure about that. That would be interesting to see. Put the playoff format in and congratulations, yeah, right? <laughs> he wins championship. Oh God, don't ruin Arca with the playoff format. Arca has enough <laughs> issues without the playoffs. Not old enough to run in six of the races, still wins championship anyway. Yeah, right. That would be kind of... I don't want to see it happen, Bush but it would be half the funny. season with a broken leg. Oh. Gotta get uh, that waiver. Yeah, that's right. Um, Look through the rest of the, the entry list here. Shane Van Gisbergen, SVG, going to be in the 28 car for Pinnacle Motorsports. That's another one I look at as a dark horse here. He doesn't have a lot of oval starts, but it's SVG. So who knows? I mean, he could be right up there in the thick of it at the end of this race. Um, as far as experienced drivers go in that field, I think he's probably the best one. He has the most overall motorsports experience in this field by far. Like, it's not even close. Yeah, but the difference is he has very little oval experience. So that's what might trip him up. Uh, the The thing that could save him here and the thing that could put him in contention by the end of this race is that I don't want to call Daytona easy, but if you can stay in the draft, you're there at the end of the race. Right, as long as you can stay in the draft and at least halfway understand how the draft works and not make a dumb move that gets you thrown out of the draft and kicked to the back. You could be there at the end and in contention. Um, so it's, it's very possible SVG could be right up there in the thick of things at the end of this race. And I would not be surprised to see SVG in victory lane in this race. Honestly, if he can keep with the main draft through most of the race, I would be not very surprised if he did win the race. I think he's one of those guys that is able to adapt to different types of racing very, very quickly. And if he can just learn for a couple of laps and stay with everybody, he might have a shot at the end. Absolutely. Uh, Marco Andretti will be making... I believe is his first ARCA start. I don't think he's ever run an ARCA race before. In the he's done trucks, but I don't know about ARCA. Yeah, I don't think he's done an ARCA race yet. Um, in the 17 for Bruce Cook, um, that's a fairly fast car, so Marco might be up there in this as well. Um, Marco might be one we're discounting here. 
Uh, when we say SVG has the most overall motorsports experience, if we're talking about tenured time in a race car, Marco might have him beat. I don't like that stat. <laughs> I don't feel like Marco's that old. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's a stat because I'm just kind of pulling off of memory here. I I, I have nothing to back that up. I'm not looking at any stats. Um, Marco started in IndyCar in like 2000. That's old at this point. You realize yeah. most of the guys that started in NASCAR in 2005, 2006 are retired now or getting close to retired. Denny Hamlin uh. started in 2006. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. Right? Um, then... We completely skipped over the 18 car in this race. As we said, not going to be William Swalich. He's not old enough to run this race, but Tanner Gray will be in the 18 car in this race. Uh, probably the best car Tanner has ever had in the Arkham Menard series. I will be curious to see what he can do here. I've not been overly impressed with Tanner Gray. I've been much more impressed with Taylor Gray than I have been Tanner Gray. I mean, Taylor has gone out here and won Arca races. I wish Tanner. they'd made their names a little different so we didn't right. get them crossed over all the time. <laughs> right? Tanner has one East win. That is all he has to his credit in the ARCA platform, and he has no truck wins. So really, in NASCAR, that's all he has to his credit is one East win. Uh, Taylor has been much more uh, successful so far in his NASCAR career. Uh so I would really like to see what Tanner can do in this 18 car. If he if he can have this car up to its full potential in Daytona, he absolutely will be up there in contention for the win. That's but, another one of those, if they stay with the draft, they've got a shot at the end. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Tanner Gray in this car, whether I really want to believe he's going to be up there contending for the win at the end or what's going to happen here. It This may be one of those situations where Tanner feels like this is his best shot that he's ever had and then screws it up somehow and causes a big wreck. <laughs> yeah. That's not I can see of. that. Yeah. Coming to the line, making a bonehead move just because you think this is the best shot you got. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, speaking of the 30 car for Rhett Jones Racing, Justin Bonsignor is going to be in that car this week. Uh, you might recognize that name from the Modified Series up in the Northeast, one of the big names in that series, trying to carve the same path, it seems, that Ryan Priest has taken to the Cup Series. Ryan Priest was one of the big names up in Modifieds before he came into the upper NASCAR ranks. So Justin Bonsignor, I've heard a lot of good things about him. I'm not super well-versed on the Modifieds, so I don't know a lot about him, but I do know he is one of the really good drivers up there in the Modifieds right now. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in this race. Greg Von Alst bringing two cars for this race, the defending winner of this race. He will be in the 35 as usual, but he is also bringing the 34 this week with Martinsville, Indiana's Isaac Johnson uh, will be piloting that car this week. So uh, Greg Van Alst expanding, and he will apparently be running the full season again this year. But 
he said he was running the full season last year and then uh, only made a couple of starts after Charlotte. So we'll see to if be that holds true this year. Huh? To be determined. Yeah, right. Uh, Gus Dean will be running the fifth Venturini car, the 55, this week. Uh, Gus has become a mainstay in these super speedway races for Venturini at this at this point. And does fairly well, hasn't won one yet, but I mean, he's always up there and fast unless he gets taken out in somebody else's incident. Gus is a good one. He's a good serviceable driver. He doesn't make bonehead moves, doesn't really get himself into compromising situations. And he has a decent amount of speed. He's one of those guys that you can count on him. If he doesn't get caught up in somebody else's mess, he'll be there at the end of the race. Now, does he win? Not usually. I mean, he he's only got one Arca win to his credit. So, no, two Arca wins. He won at Talladega, too, I think. Because um, I believe he has a Daytona win, and he won at Elko. I remember him winning at Elko in the 32. Uh, but I believe he also won at Daytona. Or not Daytona, Talladega. Um. Yes, he won at Talladega in 2016 in the Mason Mitchell car. That's right. So, yeah, 2016 Talladega and 2018 Elko. You want to feel old? Huh? Do you want to feel old? Sure. That Talladega win was eight years ago. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair... That was before RNN started. What makes me feel old is this is my sixth season doing RNN coverage. That's what makes me feel old. <laughs> um, I don't. It like doesn't feel like I've been doing this that long, ago. huh? I don't like that 2016 was eight years ago. I don't either. I don't like that I'm going to be 32 this year. Ugh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not not Flip a fun it. thing to think about. Flip it, and you got what I'm going to be, so. <laughs> I got, what, nine years on you, then? You'll be fine. Yeah. I don't um, feel like it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, Andy Jankowiak is back, and I believe, I feel like I saw somewhere he's going to try to run the full season this year, which should be interesting. Andy J is always good for a solid run at every track he shows up to, so he might be a sleeper to contend for the championship this year. Um, hopefully he doesn't stretch himself too thin uh, running the full season, but it'd be cool to see Andy J out there uh, more often. The pizza delivery driver from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> um, the the one, the only AJ Moyer is back. Um, so we got a couple guaranteed cautions there. Damn. And, and that is, uh, that's about all I'm seeing on here for notables on the ARCA entry list. So so how are we feeling about this? 50 cars for the ARCA race, and those are the notables. How are we feeling about this? It's anybody's game, I guess. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to see how it goes. I, I think pretty much everybody in the field that has a somewhat competitive car, if they can stay with the lead draft, they're going to have a shot at the end, which is a lot of guys. Right. But see, and that's the thing is there's a lot of question marks that are in those competitive cars that we just don't know what they're going to do. 
um, that don't have a lot of experience on these tracks that don't have a lot of experience in fast cars. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I guess that's the MO of Arca in the first places. Um, you've got a lot of guys in the series and girls that, um, don't have a lot of experience in more national ranks like this. And they're getting in fast cars for the first time, usually around Daytona. Um, and they've just got to kind of figure out what they're doing in these races. Yeah. And some of these cars are fast enough. I think that if you just keep your foot on the floor, even if you don't have a lot of experience, it'll keep you up there. Well, yeah, I mean, look at LeVar Scott last year in this race. Had no experience whatsoever on big tracks. Had only run short tracks up to that point. Uh, hadn't even been in an ARCA car up to that point, except for... Uh, they still ran at New Smyrna last year, right? I think they did. Um, so he should have had experience in that race, I believe. I don't think this was his first start in an ARCA car, period, last year. I don't think either way that doesn't translate super well to <laughs> super speedway. <laughs> it was, it was his first start period in an Arca car was Daytona last year. Uh, because no, they didn't go to new Smyrna either last year. They started at five flags, which is after Daytona. So hmm. yeah, this was his first start in any sort of an Arca car at any level last year was Daytona outside of doing the preseason test his first time in an ARCA car in a race setting. And he was competitive. He led laps. So um, it is possible. Um, so I'm not totally discounting any of these guys or girls. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens in this race. Like, like we said, there's a lot of question marks in this race that we don't know what they're going to do. And I think that that is one of the most exciting things about ARCA is you've got these question marks that you don't know what they're going to do. And you just got to watch the race and find out. Yeah. And this year you don't have a clear like first, second, third, just driving off into the sunset and everybody else racing for fourth. You actually get some of this for the win. And that'll be interesting and hopefully get some more people into it, including me this year, because it's kind of hard to watch tiny F1 with Jesse Love winning the race by three laps. <laughs> Jesse Love or William Sawalich, yes. Or, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I totally agree and understand. Um, let's move on to the main three races for the weekend. ARCA will be Saturday at 1.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Um, so tune in for that. Uh, Friday will be the Truck Series race at 7.30 p.m. on FS1. Got a few notables in this race as well. Tony Bridinger making another truck start in the 1 for Tricon. Corey LaJoy will be in the 7 for Spire. Jake Garcia moves to the 13 this year for Thor Sport. Tyler Ankrum in the 18 moves over to McAnally Hilgeman this year. Ty Dillon moves to the 25 for Rackley War for the full season this year. Lane Riggs. Will now be in the 38 for Front Row Motorsports. Johnny Sauter. I must have missed this somewhere along the way. Johnny Sauter will be in the 45 this week for Nice. I don't... I can't imagine that's a full season ride, but... I don't know. I wasn't expecting that to see Johnny Sauter in an East truck this week. 
Is Lane Riggs related to Scott Riggs? It's his son, yes. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Lane Riggs has a lot of talent. Um, I would be curious to see what he does this year in the 38 because he's run very well in his limited Xfinity and truck starts so far. Um, now that he's in a car that, or a truck that has proven that it can win the championship and win a lot of races, this might be a breakout season for Lane Riggs. Uh, Thad Moffat will be competing for Rookie of the Year this year in the 46 for Faction Motorsports. Raja Carruth in the 71 for Spire. Spencer Boyd starting his own team. Freedom Racing Enterprises, the 76. Chase Purdy will be in the 77 for Spire. Jack Wood moves McNally Hilgman in a partial schedule in the 91. What's that? Freedom Racing. That's right. Marka, Freedom. Is that better or worse than the Florida team you were talking about earlier? <laughs> yes, Mason Maggio also starting his own team, the 21 truck Floridian Motorsports, which I am affectionately dubbing Florida Man Motorsports. Affectionately? Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> I gotta say it's affectionately, right? Yeah. <laughs> gotta say it, but... <laughs> um, so yeah, anybody... Anybody stand out new names and new places in the truck series this year to you? Uh, there's a couple names in new places that, I mean, it feels like it's mostly lateral moves for guys that are in different car or well, different trucks than they were last year. So I wouldn't expect a ton of differences there. Um, I am excited to see Lane Riggs because that is a full-time ride this year, right? Yes. Yeah, I am excited for that one. And Tony Breidinger getting in the Tricon truck, that'll be, I don't want to say make or break, but it she's got to prove something in truck series, in that truck. Other than that, I mean, it's not a whole lot different than what we had last year, and my prediction's going to prove what I think about that. So, yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, Tony has some things to prove, but... The limited start she's had in that one truck, she's done fairly well. I mean, she hasn't set the world on fire when she's been in that truck last year, but I mean, she ran top 15, top 20 in that truck. I mean, that. Yeah, based I, on what I we've seen so like far, she... I'm not concerned about Tony Bridinger. It just seems like one of those, there's so much, not like a bunch of media attention, but for what who she is. There's a lot of attention around it. There is a lot of attention around her. And um, yes, I do feel like with all that attention, she does need to perform. And to this point, she hasn't really performed at any level. Arca trucks, anything like she's not. She's been getting better. Um, I'll give her that. Her 2023 season absolutely was her best season. And she is clearly improving. Um is it as quickly as I would like to see her improving? No. But she is improving. She's getting better. And she's to the point, especially with what we're seeing in terms of depth in the ARCA fields this year, I'm not going to put it out of the realm of possibility that she wins an ARCA race this year. It'd be tough, uh, and I'm not necessarily expecting it, but I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. She is in a Venturini car again, right? She is, yes. Um, now, like I said earlier, 
out of the two of them, if one of them's going to win this year, I would expect Amber Balkan to be the one to win. If only one of them wins, I would expect it to be Amber Balkan because I've seen more out of Amber than I have out of Tony so far. And I, I think Amber will run better this season overall than Tony will. But I think that's all we got for trucks. So let's move on to Xfinity. Uh, got a couple notables in this race as well. Sammy Smith going to start his campaign for junior motorsports in the eight this week. Daniel Dye will be in the 10 for colleague. Haley Deegan moves up to Xfinity in her full-time venture with AM Racing in the 15 car. AJ Allmendinger moving back to, I believe it's full-time Xfinity this year, back into the 16. Sheldon Creed moves over to his long-awaited move to Joe Gibbs Racing in the 18 car. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I, If I was him after the way last year ended, I'd have a chip on my shoulder, and I'd go out and try to win 10 races this year. Uh, oh, yeah. And he's got the I'm equipment excited. to do it. I'm excited to see what Sheldon Creed can do. I've always thought he was better than those RCR cars, and I guess now it's time to prove it. Absolutely. Jordan Anderson will be bringing a third car in this race for himself. And I just noticed this with crew chief Larry McReynolds. Larry Mack. That's right. Larry Mack back on the pit box. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Larry Mack, uh, crew chief for somebody last year at like Darlington or something. I do vaguely remember that. I feel like it was Jeffrey Earnhardt, but I don't remember. That sounds right. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think Jeffrey was in... Why do I feel like Jeffrey was in the three-car for RCR somewhere and they got Larry Mack on the pit box? So it was like an Earnhardt McReynolds reunion. That sounds right. I'm I don't think they're it was letting... Arlington, though. I feel like it was like Daytona or something. I don't know. I'm glad they're letting Larry Mack out of the house, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> he seems to always be trapped in that booth in Charlotte on the TV broadcast. So Just nice to get cut let to him out like once during the race. Yeah, right? Um, Frankie Muniz. Uh, it was announced uh, within the last week, I think, that he will be in the 35 car for Joey Gase Motorsports. I'm a little disappointed by that. But, like, it's Daytona, so... I guess as long as he stays in the draft, he still has a shot, but I'm a little disappointed that that's the best option that he had. Because uh, again, I really feel like he showed he could do some things in Arca last year, and the fact that he apparently must not have had any better options than that in Xfinity, Trucks, or Arca feels a little disrespectful to me. Yeah, I, I guess you can attribute that to maybe just having the one year of sampling. Um, but you're I telling mean, me he couldn't find even a better ARCA ride this year than that? Like, come on. The ARCA part does surprise me, but Trucks and Xfinity, I'm not... Like, yes, I'm disappointed he didn't get something better, but my expectations weren't super high there. Yeah, same. Um, Natalie Decker's back. She'll be in the six or the 36 for DGM racing this week. Leland Honeyman Jr. will be in the 42 car for Young's Motorsports. Brennan Poole in the 44 for Alpha Prime. Parker Kligerman's back in the 48 for Big Machine this year. The 
yearly start for Stanton Barrett. He'll be in the 74 for Mike Harmon. Chandler Smith moves over to Joe Gibbs in the 81. And Oh, I missed that. They've still got the 97 for Colleg as TBA, but isn't that supposed to be SVG? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be SVG. I don't know why the entry list shows that as a TBA, but 99% sure SVG is running full-time in the 97 for Colleg this year, so not really sure why that's TBA. Um, And then Daniel Suarez making a start for SS Greenlight in a number 14 Chevy sponsored by Wendy's. Wendy's. That's right. Hopefully their uh, Xfinity paint scheme is a little better than the one they had in Noah Gregson's car last year. I've seen worse. Yeah. Is that I, a... I don't think it's quite as good as some of what some of Gregson's schemes last year, but I don't think it's bad. No, it's interesting. I don't hear yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen worse in recent years. The car will probably look better at the end of the race than it did with Gregson. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it won't look like his Chicago Street Course car did. Found every single wall in the city of Chicago. <laughs> That's right. Oh, hi, Doc. Hi. Doc wants to be a part of the episode today, don't you? Yes, don't you? Yeah. You're awful affectionate today. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on to the cup race. A um, few new names in new places this year. Of course, Josh Berry will be in the four, replacing the retired Kevin Harvick. Noah Still Gregson. doesn't feel real. No, it doesn't. Um, uh, he's done pretty good in the booth so far. It's not like I expected him to do bad, but yeah, Harvick's done pretty good in the booth so far. I guess that's the only thing we had to look forward to with all the cup guys retiring is them being good in the booth. Right. Uh, Noah Gragson, of course, moves to the 10 for SHR and brings a bunch of terrible paint schemes with him. His Black Rifle Coffee scheme for this week is pretty bad. Um, It's not as bad as the other one he had for the... it's, It's not as bad as the Rush Truck Centers for LA, but that doesn't say anything at all. The bar's already pretty low. Yeah, the the rush truck center scheme had zero effort put into it, so you can't really do worse than that unless you're trying. Um, but yeah, the 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 scheme this week just ain't it. It's literally the same Bass Pro Shop scheme he had at um, Junior Motorsports, except instead of Bass Pro Shops on the hood, it's they've slapped the Black Rifle Coffee thing on there, and it doesn't look right. No, I like the scheme, but the logo on that scheme is not right. Yeah, they they tried to incorporate Black Rifle Coffee on the hood instead of incorporating it into the scheme. They incorporated the scheme into the Black Rifle Coffee thing on the hood, and it just it doesn't look right. It it looks bad. It's like they're trying to do like one of those legacy paint scheme type of things where this is the driver's paint scheme. We're going to make all the sponsors fit on it and Noah Gregson is not good enough for that. Yep. Um, Riley Herbst, again, well, I say it, not attempting, will be in the Daytona 500 because he's not an open car. He'll be in the 15 for Rick Ware Racing. Um, Kaz Grala attempting to race his way in in the 36 for Front Row Motorsports. Will have to race his way in as he uh, had a shifter issue in qualifying. Could not shift out of first gear. The shifter oh. was just not connected to anything. 
That's so, fun. Yeah, right? So um, didn't even get to make a lap, got out there and couldn't get out of first gear. So um, we'll have to race his way in tonight in the duels. Uh, J.J. Yaley in the 44 for NY Racing. They return after uh, not being in a race since the 2022 Daytona 500 when they showed up with Greg Biffle. Um, the Biff- there was a little bit of controversy around that this week because they announced they were going to be in the race, but they didn't initially announce a driver. And then everybody starts going, oh, it must be Greg Biffle. It must be Greg Biffle. And they were asking Greg on on Twitter, X, Zitter, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> whether it, if he was going to be in the 44. And he said no, due to unfulfilled contract obligations from 2022, he would not be racing for them. A.K.A. they didn't pay him for 2022. <laughs> I didn't see that part. I did see Biffle was talking about people were noticing a holler and stuff with his name on it. And he's like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. They probably didn't change the holler at all from 2022. It's probably the exact probably same. Hauler. They haven't repainted it. Anything. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. So apparently they picked up JJ Yaley at the track. Like the, he wasn't even signed <laughs> until they were at the track. Um, well, he's never going to retire. So <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, JJ Yaley also attempting to race his way in, in that 44 car, Justin Haley full-time this year in the 51 car for Rick Ware. David Reagan has locked himself into the race on speed in the 60 car for RFK, as well as Anthony Alfredo has locked himself in, in the 62 car for Beard Motorsports. Zane Smith starts his rookie season in the 71 car for Spire, as well as Carson Hosevar starting his rookie season in the 77 for Spire. And Jimmy Johnson attempting to race his way in in the 84 car did not uh, race his or did not time himself in in qualifying. So let's look at your dual lineups. I was looking for overall qualifying results and could not find them. Nowhere has the full qualifying results. I guess I should have just saved them for myself during qualifying if I really wanted them because nowhere has them. They just put the dual starting lineup. So um, your front row for the Daytona 500, the only ones locked in on speed or locked into their positions on speed. Joey Logano is on the pole. Michael McDowell starts on the outside pole. Great qualifying effort for Michael McDowell. Great qualifying effort for the Fords. I don't, I'm not sure when the last time we didn't have Hendrick-powered Chevys on the front row for the Daytona 500. It has been a while. They've had a lock on that front row for a long time. I read a stat about it right before we started recording. I think it's been nine years, and eight of those nine years were uh, Hendrick cars. I believe it. Like, Hendrick has always put a lot of effort into qualifying. Like it seems like they put more effort into qualifying than they do for the race for the 500. Um, so, well, I mean, <laughs> how much preparation can you put in for a race where you can just get deleted from it at any time? Right. Well, and it makes me wonder if they didn't try to put a little more effort into the race this year. Now, granted three of the four, didn't qualify bad. Three of the four made it to the final round. Kyle Larson timed in third fastest. Chase Elliott was fifth fastest. And William Byron was sixth fastest. Alex Bowman, your defending pole winner for the 500. He's got a bunch of 500 poles at this point. 
only clocked in at 17th fastest. Um, so that's not a Bowman. They were all fast, just not front row fast. Uh, so I'm not sure. I don't know if everybody else has caught up to them or if maybe they were just trying to have more speed for the race this year and they put a little more effort into the race this year. That'll be interesting to see. I would argue that the new Ford body style just looks like it's going to be fast on these tracks. Mm-hmm. It looks more sleek than the Chevys, which have the Camaro brick style front end. That said, the Chevys are still by far the best looking car. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I I, I like the Fords. The Fords look mean. I'm not a fan of the new Mustangs. <laughs> the ones uh, they had last the past couple years, the GT500 body style, those were cool. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. So your open cars, uh, dual number one, open cars, Anthony Alfredo will start 11th, Jimmy Johnson will start 18th, and J.J. Yaley will start last in 21st. Now, I forget, how does that work? Like two of the three of those can get locked in? Two of the three of those lock in. Alfredo is already in on speed. If out of those three, Alfredo is the highest finisher at the end of the race, he races his way in. So then Jimmy Johnson will be in on speed. Or if Alfredo is not the highest finishing of those three, Johnson or Yaley, whoever is the highest of the three, races their way in. Make sense? No. Like, yes, it makes sense. It's just, why would it? It's just dumb that if he finishes higher than he's in on finishing position instead of speed, I feel like well, it okay. Just be... Let's put it this way: Alfredo is in no matter what. That cannot right. change. That part makes sense. It's just the part where the terminology changes based on where people finish that seems dumb to me. But yeah, whatever. because well, let's put. I still this got way. my coveted Indy 500 qualifying, so this all seems dumb to me. <laughs> well, yeah, because let's put it this way: Let's say Alfredo finishes the highest of those three, but JJ Yaley outruns Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson Gross. still makes the race because he was the next uh, fastest of those three. So he gets in on speed if Alfredo races his way in. So basically, J.J. Yaley needs to raise his way in. Otherwise, he's not getting it. J.J. Ye- the only scenario where J.J. Yaley gets in is... He needs to finish ahead of Jimmy Johnson. And Alfredo. He doesn't have to finish finish ahead of Alfredo. Right, but Alfredo can't finish ahead of both of them. Alfredo can finish ahead of both of them. If Alfredo finishes ahead of both of them, he... No, you're right. You're right. Alfredo cannot finish ahead of both of them if Yaley makes it in. So... So Yaley yes. needs to beat both the, the, of them. The, yeah, the only scenario where J.J. Yaley makes it in is he has to beat both of them. He has to beat both of them, That and then Alfredo makes it in on speed, and Jimmy misses. That's yeah. the only scenario where J.J. Yaley makes it in. I hate Daytona 500 qualifying. Yeah. Uh, duel number two, Michael McDowell will start on the pole for that, as he will start on the outside of the front row. For the Daytona 500, Riley Herbst clocked in at 12th fastest in a Rick Ware car. So kudos to Riley Herbst. Uh, He'll start sixth in 
duel number two. Um, David Hurst is not full time anywhere, right? No, uh, he's full time Xfinity. He's still in the ninety eight oh, okay. for Stuart Haas. Okay. Um, David Reagan is the one that is in on speed in duel number two. He starts in thirteenth in duel number two. Um, and then the other two trying to race their way in will be BJ McLeod starting twentieth and Kaz Grala starting thirty sixth. BJ McLeod is the one that if um, David Reagan races his way in, if David Reagan beats the other two, BJ McLeod gets in on speed. Okay. Because Kaz Grala did not have a speed. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So Kaz Grala is in the JJ Yaley situation. He has to beat both of them. If he make if he wants to make it into the race, he has to beat both of them. Which Beating an RFK car at Daytona is going to be a stretch. Yeah, I don't think that one's happening. I don't think so either, especially because Reagan is starting right behind his teammate, Brad Keselowski. And it's not like David Reagan is a slouch on these tracks. No, not at all. Um, He has two career wins. Oh, I spelled that wrong. David... <laughs> Reagan, not Regan, not Regan Smith. Regan. Yeah. Um, he has, I believe it's two career wins. Yes, two career wins. And I think they're both at Daytona. Yes. Hmm. He won the July race at Daytona in the six for Roush in 2011. And in 2013, no, that one was Talladega. 2013, he won Spring Talladega in the 34 for front row. So, David Reagan's two wins are on super speedways. David Reagan knows how to race on a super speedway. And one of those uh, was with the front row car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, front row cars have historically been good, even prior to Michael McDowell, at super speedways. Yeah, it's still uh, a front I mean, row car, though. Right. I mean, there was a period where, when it was David Reagan and David Gilliland at... Uh, front row, they were a formidable duo at those races because that was right there in the the two car tango days of super speedway racing. Oh god, uh, those two would two car tango their way up to the front pretty well. They knew how I'm to two car so tango glad. themselves. I'm so glad we don't do that shit anymore. <laughs> I, I like two car tangos. Uh, I think it'd be better than what we've got now. As a Jeff Gordon fan, it was terrible. Yeah. Because everybody always ditched Jeff at the end of the race. <laughs> or you got Mark Martin, and Mark Martin reacted to runs like somebody that was really old, because he is. Because <laughs> he was really old. Because he was. All right, moving on to, uh, well, we've got a couple of news pieces that I'm assuming you want to talk about this week. Uh, we have an IndyCar news piece and an F1 news piece. So what's the what's the IndyCar news for this week? Frickin'. Dave Malukas broke his hand on a mountain bike incident and is now. Oh, that wasn't only... even the news I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, I don't. Okay, so we'll do this no, one no, first. Go, go ahead. Go ahead with the David Malukas news, then we'll move so, on to Nashville. Lil Dave smashed his hand on a mountain biking accident. Now he's going to be out for at least the season opener, but don't worry. We don't race for a month after that, so he'll probably be back in time for round two. But. That's not a great way to debut at McLaren. 
Um, the, the team's been really supportive of him. And I mean, you can't tell your driver to not ride a bike. I mean, stuff he happens. He pulled a Chase so. Elliott is what he did. He did pull a Chase Elliott. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, stuff happens. Uh, it sucks he's going to miss season opener. They have not said who the replacement driver is going to be. Um, so I, I guess there's a short list there that you could probably pull some names out of the hat. Um, James Hinchcliffe. <laughs> McLaren won't do that. Um, I've seen Tony Kanaan thrown in there. I highly doubt that's going to happen. Although he is like the advisor or whatever for McLaren. Now, uh, yeah. I saw Callum Eilat's name thrown around. He doesn't have a ride anywhere right now. Um, and I, I mean, that would be an okay choice, I think, but yeah. yeah so then the other bit of IndyCar news. So the Tennessee Titans ruining more than just AFC South. Uh, They're starting construction on a new stadium in downtown Nashville. So the, the whole point of the end of the season was that Nashville street course was going to host the season finale. And then I guess they brought in some new management for the, like overseeing the event for that. And they were talking to the city and the team and all that. Uh, well, now they're not going to have the street race, but we get to go back on the oval at Nashville Super Speedway. So, so is this a permanent change? Like, is the Nashville street race completely done or is this just a one year thing because of the construction? As of right now, it's just a one year thing because most of the roads they would have used for the race are going to be demolished at this point. But. Okay they're supposed to bring it back next year. I think this year they were going to have a different race set up anyway. It wasn't going to be the track that they've had for the last couple of years. It was going to be like actually downtown Nashville instead of around the current Titan stadium. Um, so it, it would have been different anyway, but now we get very different and we finally get an oval race. That's a not a short track. And it's not Texas or Indy. So, and a little uh, stat nugget. The last person to win at Nashville Super Speedway in IndyCar was Scott Dixon. He won the last three races there. Nice. Yeah. So well, that, Scott so had a comment about it earlier in the week. He's like, yeah, it's a good place for me. <laughs> So I'm going to go ahead and predict now. I, I say Scott Dixon will win that race. I'm going to go ahead and lock in my prediction for that episode now. Okay. All right. You got <laughs> yeah. it. Um, all right. And then F1 news. We didn't talk about this last week, did we? The Lewis Hamilton news? I don't think we did. I don't think so. I don't even know if this was out last week. I don't remember it being out last mm, week. But Lewis I Hamilton was. Uh, announced that next year, 2025, he will be moving to Ferrari, which came way out of left field. A little bit. I was, I don't well, think anybody actually, was expecting that. I wasn't expecting Ferrari per se. I'm not surprised he's leaving Mercedes. Yeah. That relationship has been falling apart the past couple years. Um, that said, he he has said that he wants to end it on a high note with Mercedes and winning a championship would be cool and all that PR stuff. Um, uh, but I know Hamilton's going to have to really improve this year if they're going to compete with Red Bull for the championship. So is everybody else. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying, though. 
Like he can say he wants to win a championship, but that's not the Mercedes of three or four years ago. No, it's kind of sad already this year. Ferrari hasn't really said anything about being competitive. Mercedes is like, yeah, we're hopeful. McLaren said, yeah, we can challenge Red Bull after some midseason updates. It's like, okay, we're doing the same crap as last year again. Um, I know Hamilton's always he said that Ferrari was a childhood dream for him, which it probably is for everybody else in the universe. I don't really think yeah. of anybody that wouldn't want to drive an F1 car for Ferrari. Um, but I think him and Leclerc, if they can actually figure out how to run a team. So is he, is he replacing signs? Is that, a yeah, he's one? replacing signs. Okay. Um, so if Ferrari going? can nowhere yet. Okay. If Ferrari can figure out how to run a team cohesively, it might actually work out for both of them. Um, That's a big ask for Ferrari. Don't even get me started. <laughs> but, no, Hamilton's still got some left in the tank. We know Leclerc's good. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll see from there. But uh, paint schemes have come out already for F1 this year, and most of the cars have been launched. Uh, there's some pretty cool ones. Have you seen some of them? I haven't seen any of them. I didn't even know they were out yet. Yeah, I think pretty much everybody's out. The Visa Cash App RB is basically <laughs> the old uh, Torosso Chrome paint scheme. So it's, is that what they're calling AlphaTauri now? Yes. Hmm, okay. The, the Visa Cash App RB race team. All right, then. I liked AlphaTauri better. Is that better or worse than Steak F1? Steak That's Sauber F1. now. Or, I'm sorry, it's Kick Steak F1. Wait. Sauber hasn't been a thing for a while. What were they last year? Alfa Romeo. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So It was still it Sauber. Steak, is it Steak it, S-T-A-K-E? Mm-hmm. Or like steak the meat? No, the first way. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. It would be it would be better if it was meat, but I agree. Whatever. Absolutely. Now you're making it, me it, hungry. The car is black and neon green. Ooh. Yeah. That's the Mercedes the is cool. Romeo red. Yeah, the Mercedes is cool though. It's the like same black base scheme that they've had the past couple years, but they brought back some of the silver, it's just a silver stripe down the middle. Hmm. Okay. It looks kind of neat. But the the Haas looks like it's going to be slow again. When just is looks Haas slow. not slow? They've had like one season where they were halfway competitive. And it was like their first season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, my expectations are Didn't they fire low. Gunther, though? I he thought resigned. I saw they fired Gunther. Huh? He resigned. Yeah, yeah. So now Dried to Survive is going to suck. Oh, no. On to predictions for this week uh, before we wrap things up here. Um, we'll start off with ARCA. That will be uh, Saturday, 1.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Tyler, who wins the season opener for ARCA? I'm going to SVG, Shane Van Gisbergen. I think if he can stay with the lead draft for most of the race, 
He's shown that he's an incredibly adaptable driver, and I think he'll be able to learn enough to get him to the front if he stays there towards the end of the race. I can agree with that. I mean, I watched him at IRP last year in the truck race, and I believe that was his first oval start. Uh, he didn't run well. He didn't set the world on fire. He finished like 20th or something, ran around 20th all night, 15th, 20th, somewhere in there. Um, but what I saw, I saw a guy that knows how to drive um, and got better throughout the race and was learning what he needed to do on ovals. This is a guy that I think will pick up ovals very quickly. And I wouldn't be surprised, even if it's not this quickly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win multiple oval races this year uh, in Xfinity or wherever else he runs this season. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, these V8 uh, supercar guys are nuts. You've seen what uh, Scott McLaughlin's able to do in IndyCar, and that's absolutely. a completely different car than what he was used to racing. Has Scott McLaughlin won an oval in IndyCar yet? Yes. He did? If he didn't, he was, like, very close at Texas. Okay. Hmm. Like, lost it going through the tri-oval to... Okay. Uh, well, not the tri-oval. You know what I mean. Um, yeah, the, the double dog leg. The yeah. Front stretch. Let's see here. He has not won an oval race yet. But hmm. okay. his his finishes at Texas are second, eighth, second, sixth. So he's run well, even though he hasn't won one yet. Yeah, he should have okay. won the year he finished second. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised by SVG at all. I, though, am going to go with um, experience. And I'm going to go with Gus Dean. Um, Gus Dean has won on a super speedway before uh, at Talladega. He has probably the most ARCA experience of anyone in the field. I'm not seeing anyone on the entry list that's at least in a competitive car that has really more ARCA experience than he does. I, I don't think there is anybody. So, um, I think experience is going to win out with this. If Gustine makes it to the end of the race, I think we see Gustine in victory lane, putting Venturini back in victory lane at Daytona. All right, on to trucks. And by the way, if you're watching the premiere, or if you're watching this later, if you're watching the premiere, let us know your picks for this weekend in the chat. Or if you're watching later, let us know down in the comments. Um, I'm actually going to keep track this year. And I'm actually going to make points for Tyler and I throughout the season so we can oh see boy. who's doing better. Um, and and too we're going to break it up by series, too. So we're going to have whoever's winning by series as well. So um, if you want to play along and see if you're doing better or worse than either one of us, um, keep track of your own points. We're going to go by points, however many points our pick made in that race. And we're just going to add those up like, normal points throughout the season so if you want to keep up with us and try to see if you're doing better or worse than we are with your picks make your picks and uh, keep track of your numbers there and let us know how you're doing uh, if you're keeping up with us or not or if you're doing better than us uh, you're probably going to be doing better than that'll probably yeah <laughs> um, 
on to trucks. That'll be the first race, the the first points race of the weekend. Of course, we got the duels tonight, uh, which will be 7 p.m. on FS1, by the way. Um, so check those out tonight to see how the uh, lineup sets up for the Daytona 500. Um, trucks will be Friday night, tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Tyler, who wins the truck race? Some things never change, just like me picking Christian Eckes. I actually think it's a fairly solid choice. I think he's going to do really well again this year um, and hopefully not get screwed out of the final four for the championship this year. Uh, you know, I yeah. almost picked Eckes and then I just didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to sound like a broken record. Clearly Tyler doesn't care about that. <laughs> I'll catch the heat. I don't care. It's Christian yeah. Eckes. Um, I'm going to go with Corey LaJoy. Uh, Corey has shown he has a very good super speedway acumen uh, so far in the cup series. And he's got a lot of teammates this year. Now that Spire has absorbed Kyle Busch motorsports, he's got a lot of teammates going to have a lot of help in the Chevy camp. I think Corey LaJoy uses his experience. There's a theme here um, in terms of my picks yeah. with experience. Um, Just because you're old doesn't mean you have to pick everybody <laughs> with experience. Okay. Well, you're going to like my Xfinity pick then. Um, but <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I think Corey LaJoy wins the, the truck race, which might set him up well for Sunday. Um, on to Saturday, 5 PM Eastern on Fox sports one Xfinity Tyler, who you got? I'm going to go with Jesse love, Speaking um, of a broken record. Okay. At least it's in a different series now, but, well, um, you didn't have him as a choice in Arca. <laughs> I still jokingly thought about putting it down, but, <laughs> but no, I think uh, he's going to do okay in those RCR cars. I, he doesn't have the experience in the Xfinity cars yet, but these are not the types of tracks that you need that type of experience on. Um, and he, the, it's not like he doesn't have experience at super speedways. He ran the right. Talladega and Arca. Yeah. I, I just, I think he's going to be there a whole race and those RCR cars are usually fast on super speedways. So even if he doesn't win, I'm definitely expecting a top five, top 10. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. My worry with Jesse love this season is he's going to become a second class citizen like Sheldon Creed was in that car. And they're going to put all their emphasis and all the good parts and all the good cars to Austin Hill and Jesse is just going to get the scraps and he's not going to live up to his full potential. That's my worry with Jesse love in that two car, but hopefully that's not the case. Now my pick will be the former driver of the two car. He's going to shut all the haters up and show that he's better than Austin Hill. Sheldon Creed is going to win at Daytona in his first race for Joe Gibbs racing in the 18 car. I won't be surprised at all. I think this is a make-or-break year for Sheldon Creed. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder after the way last year ended. I want, I really want him to go out and win like 10 races this year. I am, Oh yeah. I, as a media member, I'm not supposed to be biased, but I'm actively rooting for Sheldon Creed because of the way he got screwed over by RCR last year. Actively rooting for him. Yeah, I, there's no better... Eh, there's no better feeling to me than RCR getting his mouth shut. So, yep, absolutely. Um, all right. 
On to the main event for the weekend, the Daytona 500, Sunday, 2.30 p.m. on Fox. Tyler, who wins the Daytona 500? I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski. Now, they've been really fast on super speedways ever since he started the RFK team. He's got another teammate this year, so there's three of them now. And the Fords are looking really fast as of now. So I think combined with the fact that they've just been there the entire time they've been a team and having more help and the car being fast, I think this is a perfect storm for Brad Kozlowski. You know what? I I think that's a very, very solid pick. Um, And you're right. They have been very good at super speedways. The only reason... I personally would shy away from Brad Kozlowski is he has shown over the past couple of years that he likes to play the, the good teammate role. So if he has the ability, I think even though it's the Daytona 500, I think he would push Busher or Reagan to the win over winning the race himself. Now oh, yeah. I know that's probably weird because it's the Daytona 500, but I feel like he actually would do that. I feel like he's he's in that teammate, team owner mindset now that he wants his cars to do well more than he wants himself to do well. Yeah. And you just see Brad Keselowski propelling Chris Buescher's career to unimaginable heights at this point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that, that would be my only thing for... Um, shying away from Brad Kozlowski on that pick. But I, I think it's a solid pick. I think he'll be right up there if he doesn't get caught up in a mess at some point. I, though, am going to go for what's probably going to be a controversial pick. Um, I think Denny Hamlin, Dennis Hamilton, Ooh. wins his fourth Daytona 500 and starts his march toward his first championship angrily marching toward mediocrity at the end of the season. <laughs> probably. It will probably end that way, but I mean, your this, favorite driver. I think this is, uh, we, I think we talked about this last week. I think this is going to be one of those seasons where he's going to have a chip on his shoulder and he's either going to go out and win 15 races or he's going to wreck almost every week trying to win, or he's going to finish second and have some excuse why he didn't win. He's going to win a bunch of races and then suck at Phoenix. So, Probably. I could see that, too. Um, but I think that's about all we got for this week, so um, we're going to leave it there. i got to get this edited and up tonight before the duels, and I've got other things to do today, so that might not happen, but I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us, y'all. Enjoy the Daytona 500. Uh, have a good weekend. Tyler, have a good weekend. We'll see you next week. Um, at that... I'm Garth, that's Tyler, and this is the Rookie Stripes Podcast on Racing News Now.